after the timeout. Holden Eddie will now try again. A 42-yard field goal out of the hold of Austin Fisher. There's the snap and hold. Kick on the way by Beckham. End of the end. And it is good! is down the pipe and Maddie Light. Welcome Cyclone fans to another episode of Down the Pipe and Natty Light. As always, I'm your host Levi Stevenson, joined once again by JD Wagner and Marchy Murdoch. How's it going, guys? Not too bad, brother. Horse down, horse down, horse down. <laughs> Marchy is currently sipping on a margarita now, so I'm not drunk though. We no, might, we might. That uh, just started. We might, we might get some saucy Margie here in a little bit. Um, but glad to be, we're gl- glad to be on the podcast though, because uh, after a unrepentant ass whooping of Texas last weekend, which is phenomenal, Iowa State winning their third in a row against Texas. Which saying that out loud is is something. <laughs> uh, I know Texas isn't what they used to be, but but damn it, if Iowa State hasn't beat them three times in a row. Um, in uh, you know, the first two in dramatic fashion, and now just a total ass kicking. Um, we'll definitely be talking about that game. We'll probably didn't. I'm sure we'll end up talking about the uh, the video that came out of the player, uh, you know, the player recording the coach coming out, you know, uh, of the, the Texas coach chewing out his players on the way home. We'll probably touch on that. Then we'll definitely uh, we'll preview this weekend's game against Texas Tech as well. Um, but one thing I actually do want to say, not football related. Is, uh, is you know just mentioned you know Iowa State the Iowa State men getting and T.J. Otzelberger getting his first win of the of his uh, coaching tenure at Iowa State the other night against Kennesaw State, um, a, a, an unbelievable amount of fouls that game it was like fifty like fifty eight fouls or something like that in in the game, um, it was you know early season game not super organized necessarily but we saw more ball movement uh, and more intensity on defense than we have. So really more ball movement since Hoiberg and more defensive intensity since, I don't know, uh, Wayne Morgan, maybe <laughs> I don't know a long time. Um, and you can tell they're young. They're still getting their, they're still getting their legs underneath them. Um, but I think we did see some bright spots, uh, worth paying attention to Tyrese Hunter looks like a really nice player. Gabe Kalsher led the team in scoring. We had like 19 or 20 points. Um, he was, he was really good. Um, George Condit was, a, was really good on the boards. I think, um, even if, even if they don't pick up a ton of wins this season, I think it looks to me like there are some definite bright spots to look forward to watching this season as they kind of try to rebuild, rebuild the basketball program and get them back to where they should be, um, near the top of the conference. Uh, but before we get into our football discussion, we should thank you, say thank you to our sponsors over to sauce bar and grill names. Uh, they still got all their normal specials, Burger Wednesday, Taco Tuesday, FAC specials on Friday, game day specials on Saturday, whether we're home or away. Um, so definitely head on down there, get some delicious tacos, some Estas Punch, whatever it is, uh, right down there in Campus Town. Uh, open seven days a week. They still got delivery through the Toast app, all that good stuff. Uh, so definitely head on down there and support our wonderful sponsor, Estas Bar and Grill. All right, boys. Uh, this podcast is is two-third Texan. Here, so I know you guys probably got some thoughts on Iowa yep. State kicking Texas's ass. Yeah, last weekend. I'll Mark, go. You said, Marchie, it looks like you got. It looks like you got a hankering to get something out. Yeah, I just um look. Me and JD, we we're 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 proud Texas Cyclones. Um, we take a lot of pride in being from the state of Texas. Um, there's an arrogance. Um, being from the state of Texas. Um, but um, as far as that team that wears burnt orange and white, um, there, there's a lot of cockiness somehow. There's like no evidence behind why they're being cocky. Um, but it's always good to beat those guys and to do it three years in a row. Like the history of Iowa State football and playing Texas, like – I don't think anybody from maybe Iowa State or, you know, the University of Texas, as far as fans, ever thought that Iowa State would beat Texas in football three years in a row. Um, and I want to say what, 
or no, two out of the three games, it was close. But, um, you know, as far as them being the better team, Iowa State was probably the better team for those three years anyway. Um, And so uh, just being from Texas and obviously being a Cyclone, um, you know, when I was obviously the short time that I was there, um, and JD can probably, you know, piggyback on this, but just being from Texas and then playing teams like TCU and Baylor and Texas Tech and Texas, there's an extra motivation that you have um, playing those teams, especially being from Texas, being from the Dallas area, um, had teammates from the Houston area as well. Um, there's a certain type of pride and there's a certain type of like, not anger, but a certain type of like, you know, like kind of pissed off. Like, you know, we're playing at Texas schools. They didn't really want us as, as, you know, you know, as recruits and stuff like that. So we went to Iowa state, but then now, you know, we're kicking their ass and, you know, we're, we're looking like the better, we're looking like a better team each, each and every year. Um, so shout out to the current team. I mean, man, Mike Rose being on that defense, it just what what a difference a week, you know, makes with uh, Mike being back. Um, the defense just looked like its normal self. Um, you know who needs a big shout out though is uh, is a Michigan man, Eni Awazirike, who has been a monster. Man, he's that a dude is a monster. Yeah. Shout out to Will McDonald. As good and even as good as Will has been this whole season, any you could argue Annie's been even a little bit better. It's probably uh, yeah, yeah. And he's been going in and out between the nose tackling defensive end. He's got seven and a half sacks. Yeah, I think they need each other. I think oh, hundred percent. They feed off each other big time. I think yeah. Will's speed helps out any, and I think any dominating the middle helps out Will. Um, but shout out to Will, man. He broke the record, um, yeah, which we all expected he now. would. I mean, he's probably going to, he's probably going to be up probably 10 to 12 sacks uh, by the time this year is over, the way he's been playing. He's at, he's at 10 right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's shooting for like 20. I'm sure he's shooting. He's got, cause he's got, we've got three, three regular season games left plus a bowl game. So he's got four games left. I'm sure he's shooting for 15, probably. I would guess. Yeah, at least. I mean, and man, it looks like beside. I wish we would have beat West Virginia. Uh, I think if we would have had Mike, we would have played better. But man, we're playing some good football right now. I mean, yeah. that first half was kind of shaky, um, but I think man, we came out in that second half and it was just pure domination. I mean, you score 27 points, they don't score any. You're gonna win every game. Um, What's interesting is that over the last, you know, we talk about Brocktober. But interesting is that in 2019 and 2020, I, I think I, I know 2020 we went undefeated in November. Let me check. I think 2019 we did as well, if I remember correctly. Didn't last year we go undefeated? We did. We went undefeated yeah. in November last that, year. That's considered 2019, right? To, well, last year's 2020. Uh, okay. So, so yeah. 2019 in November, we oh no, Oklahoma was in November. So we're like we're mm. like eight. We're like seven and seven or eight and one in November. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we've we've won our last one, two, three, three in twenty nineteen, and then four last year. So we've won our last seven games, seven out of eight in November. So, you know, I don't know, I don't know what I don't know what uh what player you can use for a pun on that on that name, but um, I would say it's been really good in in November as well as October the last few years. <laughs> JD, um, where are you at? Uh Put it this way, uh, Texas could play the St. Joseph's School for the Blind and Deaf, and I dress up as Helen Keller. Helen Keller, you know, I, Stevie Wonder is uh, taking the snap. Uh, <laughs> I think ten, uh, USC had a blind long snapper a couple of years ago. I remember but, seeing this conspiracy theory that Stevie Wonder can actually see, and he's just been messing with us for like fifty years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know nothing about that. Well, he's a right? coach for the St. Joe's that would school. Be bonkers. Nah, that's it's like elite trolling. No, like that's like that's that, elite trolling. Easily the best, like easily the best prank on the human race in the last like hundred years. No, easily. like ever. Maybe, maybe like ever. Maybe, maybe ever. Yeah, yeah. Like 
No way. Yeah. Yeah. Something that blows me away is that, I mean, we talk about the money and we talk about Texas, this and that. And I, I honestly think I probably dislike Texas out of the three of us, the absolute most. I, I despise everything that they are and everything that they claim to be and everything. I mean, we don't have a big 12 network because Texas bought the Longhorn network. Correct. That is our big 12 network. Now, Correct. granted, they're great in all the other sports. They're great in swimming and diving yeah. and volleyball. They have a lot of really good Olympic track. sports. Yeah. They do. They do. But, uh, you know, football brings in the most money. Um, but Steve Sarkeesian is the uh, third coach consecutively to start four and five in his first season as a Texas head to head coach. Really? He's the third consecutive coach. I saw that during the game. And I. I Excuse me. They're I about mean, to go into the SEC. Yeah. That's thing is, is impending pain. They're going to be in the SEC West. <laughs> yeah. Arkansas. Oh, my. They're, they didn't beat Arkansas, by games. the way. Yeah. They got they're going to play Alabama, LSU, AM, well, Mississippi State. Do you think Alabama would stay in the West? Though? I, would, I would assume I would assume they'd probably move Alabama to the East, but I don't I don't know. Who knows? Who, I, I mean, they can't even beat OU. Also, I don't care about the SEC. So. <laughs> But well, like, I'm just I'm just saying, like, yeah. wow, yeah, no, well, yeah, like, yeah, what? How you're gonna leave Oklahoma, the Oklahoma can compete at the top of that conference, but Texas is going to have pain, lots of pain. No, I, I think Oklahoma, I think I think Oklahoma always has like a two or three game lull where they really get away with playing a bad team. Yeah, I would agree. In the SEC, where they'll, where they'll play, you know, like the Kansas game or Kansas State. They played Kansas State close. Uh, that game's been close the last four years. They've lost two of them. Right. There's no Kansas State's in the SEC, then, and there's no Kansas in the SEC. I, I think Vanderbilt would, would whoop on Kansas, you know, which is take that for what you will. But uh, just Texas, man, is you know you hear about the stars, all the guys. You got these guys from rivals who are fat, no, and out of shape, never put it down in football, rating a bunch of kids in high school. So they got all these four and five stars. My buddy from high school went and played there. Great athlete, and he went through three coaches. So they've had a bunch of turmoil, and you know, just I, I think it's, I think it's their boosters. Well, honestly. and part of it too is that recruiting stars, especially, is kind of a self fulfilling prophecy because guys will get a start, will get a ratings bump because of the offer they have. So, technically, so like schools like Texas and Alabama and Georgia, they can they can kind of manufacture their own blue chip players because. If Al, if a guy has an Alabama offer, they're automatically going to get a ratings bump. So if Alabama offers a high three star guy, they're going to jump to a four star just because Alabama offered them. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have to worry about that, so that wasn't an issue. <laughs> I, had, I had I had the 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 Aggies of New Mexico State. Hey, State. Just say you but, had the Aggies. You're good there. Yeah, true. true. <laughs> It's, 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 I mean, it's what Bruce Hall said, five-star players and five-star culture. You know, you got guys who have all the bling and all and everything and they're pampered like the pros and they get told how great they are and they have all the great stuff. And Texas is the nicest stadium I've ever, I've ever been in. I've never, I never got to play in there because I had my pack. I tore that thing off, but you know, it, it's it's been the same thing since Mac Brown left. I mean, just they they've completely lost the ability to consistently have play with an edge for an entire season. They've had flashes. They they beat uh, a half Georgia team in the Sugar Bowl, and and we're back, we're back, we're back. Well, it's easy to say that when you don't have to play for nine months. But you know, it's it's, uh, it's kind of like the same frustrations with us, and when we've talked about that extensively, but. Uh, we're at least consistent in a good way. They're consistent, just just shit, man. They they. <laughs> well, you know when they when they built when they built that new stand in, on they knew they built that new stand in the end zone there where it's got the big the Texas logo on it that looks like yeah. a giant uterus. You'd think yeah. that you'd think that would have been able to give birth to a new era of Texas football, but you know. I, I, yeah. I think Sark. I think Sark will be able to to deliver a new mindset. Maybe he's maybe he's planning for the SEC already. Maybe I he's think he does that. seem like a kind of guy that can turn that culture around. I don't. I don't know. But well, it's four and five right now. Uh, and he I just want to say, I just want to commend the Iowa State fans, man. 
God, it looked like it was rocking in there. Yeah, so I, I do actually oh want to say something God. about that because like Jack it Trace has always like Jack Trace has always been a pretty good environment, but I will say that this season Jack Trice has been on a totally different level. Like it is like yeah. the the intensity that we, we used to see in Hilton Coliseum, like when it was really going the height of the Hoiberg area, George Yang, all those guys. That has moved to Jack Trice, and Jack Trice is a legitimately difficult. Like it's a really hard place to play. It always was hard place to play. Now it is like it's damn near impossible to play. Now they've won ten in a row there, and the I, the crowd on at multiple games this season: Texas, Oklahoma State, Iowa. Like they, what was that? I mean, it was rocking. Ten conference games in a row. Ten con- yeah, sorry, ten conference games in a row. Um, ten in a row, ten conference games in a row. Like the crowd this season has been phenomenal. Like, like. It, it's been really good. Like the last two games, both Texas and Oklahoma state, especially like those two games have been some of the best atmospheres I've ever been a part of. And like, I, I've, you, I've been to some great games, like the 2011 Oklahoma state game. I was at that one. 2011 Iowa game. I was at, you know, at a bunch of big games with big crowds and stuff like that. 2018 West Virginia and 2017 TCU that you guys were in. Like those were, those were incredible crowds, but man, like, the la- the crowds that we've been seeing this season have been truly phenomenal. Like just a, a different level. That uh, <laughs> man ten conference games in five years. Oh God, that's. I mean, man, bro, I was watching a game. I'm like, yo, I miss it. Like I was generally jealous. First off, I'm always jealous every time they wear the all black uniforms. Never got to sport them. Yeah. No, it's you know we. You know, JD has it behind. We have the all grays, but it's not the same. Those were horrible. I hate. Yeah, which is hilarious because you have a gray jersey right behind you right now. And I have I it know. right over there too. I, I know. Like I'm looking. I at know. It. I have the same exact thing <laughs> with a different jersey. Now. I'm looking at it. and I'm like, why do we wear those? They're like, they're okay. Gray. They're just not. They're not as good as what we could have. And then I'm watching them, and I'm like, oh, those all blacks are just. The All Blacks at night are really, they're so good. (laughs) Like, I'm going to petition. Look, let's never wear All Black during the day. Just wear it strictly for night. I don't know if they really have, though. Like, the All Black. They've won the Iowa game. We had Black. I don't want anything Black. Unless it's an all night game, it just looks way better under the lights. The only one I can think of where, like, the game started and finished in the daylight was TCU in 2019. But like even the like the Iowa game still finished at night, so you were still gonna like the black was still there at night. So it's like yeah, it was like sunny. No, I mean during the I day. Want, I'm talking night. I want it to start like, at night and at six, that's seven fair. o'clock prime. Like time. late late kicks. I, I, like yeah. all save the black for late kicks. That's I'm fine with that. Yeah. yeah, save the black. I mean it's it. You know, in the day too, you get hotter and you're in black. Like it's just smarter. Like it. <laughs> Just, just wear them in, in, you know, at night. Man, they look sweet. The crowd was electric. Like I literally had the TV. I turned the TV up on purpose just so that I could have that feeling that I would that I was at Jack Trice. And then I'm telling you, man, the the fans, you're doing an excellent job because as a play, as a former player, when when you guys are electric and you're into it, and even when there's a bad call and you're booing the refs like crazy. Like that, that keeps us going, you know, as players, that keeps us rejuvenated, that keeps us um, ready to go, man. So I want to commend the fans um, for, for just, they were electric it, from, from the outside looking in, I wasn't there, but they looked really electric. It looked loud. It looked like even when the game was over, like, you know, they were acting like it was the first quarter and it was the first play. Yeah. The, the whole the crowd for a lot of the season has been sitting in that really awesome sweet spot where they're like still kind of drunk but they're also kind of angry but they're also really engaged like you're you're in that nice perfect sweet spot where you're like you like anything good that happens you're losing your mind and anything bad happens you are absolutely letting the other team or the refs hear it every oh, single play there's a difference. There's bush slide drunk. You don't actually get drunk. You get the impression that you are drunk and you keep your senses about you. I've done it many times. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's phenomenal. You don't actually it's, lose your mind. If you have to act right, you can't. It's bush right. light drunk. Yeah. Bush it light works. drunk. That's a great, that's a great way to describe it. You're not wine drunk. You're not liquor drunk. You're bush light drunk. You're not sloppy. You still have your senses and you know what's going 100%, on now. 100%. Yeah. 
Baker's Mark drunk. That's that's different. Well, that's that's, that's different. that can get sloppy drunk pretty quick. We've been down that road yeah. many a time. Or like when I was or like I did a podcast earlier this year where I, like we were the whole point was to like get drunk. It's like it's like drunk history, but tell a story about I would like I tell a story about like Iowa State athletics or whatever. And I drank like three like two bottles of wine during in like an hour, and I ended up I ended up uh, like cutting my finger on my own wine corkscrew thing. So. That's, that's I got a, one of those. Like uh, my, I think I've got the uh, I've got one of the ones that's like a switchblade where like you like where it's got this whole thing you screw it in it's got these hand got the handles on the side and everything. It was one of those and I was like flinging around like a switchblade and I cut my hand. It was crazy. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like what you're talking about, like the the crowd has been phenomenal this whole season, um, and it was really nice. You know, well, it's funny because the the ass kicking of Texas was so complete and so thorough that people forget that Texas was actually leading at halftime. Like, like you just, you like, you can, you just totally forget that entire fact because the third quarter was such an ass kicking. I want to say this too. That Brees Hall run was so sweet. That was nice. The cut, the cut, the run, then the celebration, the fans on top of it, the announcer, the uh, perfection. I mean, it was just, oh man. So good, man. It was just, it was, it was beautiful. And then obviously I think the defense was just basically like, up. Oh, we scored, we took the lead. It's over. Like they're yeah. not scoring again. It's over. And then that's exactly what happened. I think that like took the 10, like a 10, seven lead, but Texas, like the Texas body language looked like it was like a 40 to 10, like 40 to seven mm-hmm. lead. Like they look like they're, they're like, they look like, Oh shit, this is over. Like, what a great play call too with the trick play. Uh, I mean, that was just perfect. The pass oh, from Xavier. Where is that? Like, where has that been? Are we just holding? Horrific, horrific throwing form, but threw it and got it on the money. Nailed it. Perfect. 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 That, sheet, that sheet says a one for one. That for that it does. Play. That it does. I, Incontestable I truth. I thought, I thought it was the form. He was like that he was bad. like off he his. Just, he like jumped past it, leaning forward. Probably not anything you're going to teach a, like a young quarterback, but you know, just did it there. <laughs> he got just it. it he got it there. It was on target, and it was a touchdown. Yeah, I'm not asking you, you to go like. You look at the body language. You look at the body language of the Texas players on the sideline, and they're just yeah. waiting to get back in their Ferraris and their Bentleys. You know, backing off <laughs> like they're a bunch of four and five losers. And um, well, that's what they yeah, are right now. They I, are a bunch of four and five losers. <laughs> I guess. The, I guess the B. John Robinson and Brees Hall uh, takes her done. Uh, it was just yeah, complete well, that, yeah. domination. My defense is just I will continue to say, um, besides last week, I was I was kind of heartbroken. Yeah. Cause I thought even though Mike was out, that like my defense is still good. We didn't show that, but when Mike came back, I was like, I mean, yeah, we just looked it was like immediate, like, yeah, we're back. Three point three know? yards of play per play for Texas, which is crap. I mean, that's that's a yeah. shit number. Or whatever, two hundred yards on uh, like two hundred total yards. They only scored one, the one touchdown, which was it was just like this weird little this little pop pass thing, or not pop pass, but the little uh, uh, like a shovel pass basically to Xavier Worthy, and he just ran around. I mean, because Xavier Worthy is really fast. I'll give him credit for that. He's really fast, uh, but just whoop right on the outside or whatever. But like other than that, Texas did virtually nothing the entire game. No, they did not. And uh, it was great because any Wazirika and Will McDonald were absolutely ruining lives. For uh, like a quarter and a half, or two, basically, basically the entire second half, they were just ruining people's lives. And and uh, uh, Texas, Texas had a bad time. Let's just let's just say that's probably the best way to describe it is that Texas had a real bad time on Saturday. One of those things, like Marchie was describing, like how Texas Tech was during that sixty six ten beatdown. Like I just like I just want to go home. Like. Texas players look like they wanted to go was, home after that Brees Hall run. That was a cold day too. I don't know how cold it was up there, but that was a cold. It was day. actually, it was actually maybe the most beautiful day of football tailgating I've ever had seen in my life. It was like it was like sixty seven and sunny all day, and then like it stayed in the fifties that night. It was, oh, it was like it was just jeans and t shirt weather during the tailgate. Throw a hoodie on for the game. Done. Perfect weather. Incredible weather. Uh. But yeah, it's been cold as shit up here. The last couple of days, it was like thirty mile an hour winds today. It was like wind chill was like ten degrees. It was terrible. Um, but speaking of the of the culture at Texas though, and and having a bad time, 
I want to get you guys' thoughts on this whole situation that we saw in, uh, in uh, uh, whatever, develop on Twitter when the video uh, came out. It was a, a, one of the Texas players uh, filmed the Texas defensive line coach as he was just he was just MF and people and he was, he was chewing people out for Texas getting their ass kicked. And apparently people on the bus were just kind of laughing and joking and everything on the way home. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this as former players. Cause like, I know when I looked at it and I was like, I mean, he's like, yeah, I mean the language is kind of harsh, but anybody that's played any remotely competitive sport has definitely gotten their ass chewed like that before. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Language language wasn't as bad as I've heard before. <laughs> it's pretty normal. <laughs> it's like it's like no, literally, it's probably PG thirteen. Like yeah, not even you know, like maybe like whatever the normal is. Like before PG thirteen, that's what it was. Like that's first off, if as a former player, JD, correct me if I'm wrong. If the coach has to go off on you like that after getting your ass kicked, that's a deeper issue. Like there shouldn't be any type of like laughing or like there could be like talking after the game, you know, because obviously, I mean, like, come on now, you, you can be able to talk. But like if there's laughing after that type of game, like you got outscored 27 to zip in the second half. You only scored seven points offensively. Like, what are we laughing about here? Like, did happened that not just once. happen? Happened to me once when we blew that game versus Kansas State. And Wally Burnham comes in because uh, uh, just uh, they're laughing about something separate. And Wally uh, came in at, shut the F up. Shut, shut up. Got arrested. Like, pretty much the exact same thing. And so the language is on par with everything else we've heard. Uh, it's I mean, the message to the ordinary. It, honestly, and that, that coach didn't say one thing that I disagreed with um, because I agree. that's his livelihood. If someone's screwing around and costed me money in my job, probably gonna have the same reaction. If guys aren't taking it serious and, uh, uh, you know, I'd kick off that kid who recorded the the chew out. You know, I, I I'd kick him off the team because uh, that's that's an in-house matter, and you're letting in-house things get out to the public. Uh, mm-hmm. Not trustworthy, in my opinion. In my opinion, and I just think I think technology and smartphones have kind of ruined you know some of the internal culture. Guys have to record everything. You know, I mean. We didn't really do that when Campbell spoke because we were all locked in on what he had to say. You know, I said, plus, it wasn't even a, a thought to me because I go, I, well, why do other people get to hear this? They're not on yeah. the team. They're not going through what, what we're doing. Why should they right. hear what this is us? My so, parents don't need to hear what Coach Campbell is saying to me right yeah. now. Yeah. And, they just and, don't. Well, my dad played for Lee Corso in the 70s, so it was probably something worse. He's please heard. Yeah. I mean, my dad played college basketball, so I mean, he know he knew, but you know, my, you know, your mom, you know, talks to my, but any, but here's my thing: the message that the coach said was on par, and I think the most golden thing that he said was, "I got my, I got out, I got my ass kicked." So like, he took accountability, like. I also got my ass kicked. That's the line. Yeah. And I'm not up here just smiling and happy and giggling. And you know what I'm saying? Like, and I've always had that approach, I guess, you know, JD probably too, um, because his dad played. But like, you don't like talk and laugh and joke after a loss, especially after getting your ass kicked. You know, like, (laughs) it's just like, it's just like, it's like, Something that you should just know, like it's does you get on the bus and you're and it's a quiet bus ride. Or I like can't even crack a smile. Whisper. Yeah, like I'm. I can't I'm, crack a smile after a loss, and I lost a lot. We lost a lot. Yeah, like I got it sucks. Like but, imagine working your butt off the whole week, then you're finally on primetime national television, and you get your ass kicked. And not only do you get your ass kicked. In layman's terms, it's similar to, you know, you work, I don't know, 
spend 40 hours and four days working on a presentation for a job and then you show up to the job and they cancel your presentation, you'd be pretty pissed, wouldn't you? You know, that's that's in the work. That's I don't know if that even slightly compares, but that's happened to me once. And I had the same feeling uh, after I lost the game. So uh, I, I was that analogy sucked, but yeah. I, I did my best. I, I tried it. Uh, but no, uh, it's it's I've I, I've had a lot of games where I don't think I had a game where I won when we rode a plane until senior year. Yeah. So when we got when we went to uh, my first row victory was Akron. against Akron. Freaking Akron! We're all laughing on the plane. Like where I got on a plane first time. This is the first time I've ever experienced before. It was God that Oklahoma plane ride was so peaceful, dude. If we had, I wish we had a wish we had a bottle of Patron on that on that plane. <laughs> yeah. What that what that whole speech though reminded me of. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Moneyball. But it's it's about partway through that movie, um, the guys lose, and in the locker room afterwards, they're like dancing and stuff like that. And, and Jeremy Giambi's up on the table, he's dancing and stuff like that. They're all having a good time, and Brad Pitt walks in or whatever and takes a baseball bat and smashes the smashes the boombox in the water cooler and said, you know, he, he like lets the whole room go dead silent and just waits a couple seconds. And goes, that's what losing sounds like. Like like it, it reminded me of that whole scene. Uh, where he he was like, you know, we just lost. I can't imagine. I can't understand why you're laughing and joking around and stuff like that. Like losing sounds like silence because you're pissed off at the end. That's what that sounds like. Bro, like I'm I'm like I'm just thinking like if I was a University of Texas alum, fan, booster, former player, you're laughing, right? Like, bro, this is Texas. Like, I know, like, you know, I know Texas hasn't been good, but still, there's a tradition. There's a and history. And you're, first off, you you were four and four before you even walked into the stadium. You walk in, you have the lead, and then you give it up 27-0. You're laughing on the bus. And not only that, your D-line coach has to call you out on it. No player did. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm surprised former players aren't, like, Yo, what is going on? Like, you know, like Vince Young. Could you imagine Vince Young, Colt McCoy, Jamal Charles? Like, the so many greats, quote unquote, greats that went through Texas, and they're probably watching this. Like, yo, what? Because I know if Iowa State, if a video leaked out of Iowa State, I'm sending a text message. Like, yo, what the? F- what is going on? Like, who are we? You know what I'm saying? Because of what me and JD know how hard we had to work to even get to this point. So it means something when Iowa State wins every Saturday because we know how hard it. JD knows more than me because he had a game where he lost 70 to like seven. 70 like, to seven, yeah. Like, I wasn't there. Or like, uh, I'm just, yeah. Uh, I'm just you on the team. It's still the same. It's still okay. And, and and think of it this way. Um, what's like there's real pain, blood, sweat, tears. I mean, there's like real true feelings that still keep me up at night. Like, why in the world didn't we uh, beat Kansas State? You know what I'm saying? Like, just different stuff like that. You wake up and you're like, oh, my God, like we lost that game. Like on Saturdays, you know, it hurts. I'll give you As two a examples. former player. So, like, you if you're examples. playing in the game. You're laughing? Like I would be oh, I would be so upset. I'll give you two examples of how it sucks. One was Texas Tech 2015 when we lost 69 to 31. Uh I was uh, that was the day that I was Pat Mahomes' uh number one player in college. Uh and we got absolutely destroyed. And they kept throwing the ball when they were up at 38 or at that point 31 scored yeah. again. We flew home and I just felt like the biggest loser. And yeah, I got hits on him, but I was like, oh, okay, we lost by 38. Um, going in and watching the film the next day, we watched every single touchdown. They scored nine touchdowns. We had to watch every single touchdown. And and, and the, uh, the example to Marchie is Kansas State 2017. Because I tell you what, and and if if you're a former player and you don't think this way, I promise you, you are wrong. There's two or three plays in a, in a guy's career that he will never f- forget a play that he missed or a play that he made. 
or, or there's two or three plays that you miss that you wish you could have back. One of mine's versus Texas, and one of them is the last uh, last play against Kansas State. I don't know who the running back was, but he, he scrambled around, or the Skyler Thompson scrambled around left. That's when they're at the one yard line around left. I'm fighting with Dalton Brisner, and then he comes back right, and I'm chasing after him, and I make eye contact with the quarterback, and then I get cut by the back, and then he throws that touchdown. If I put my helmet on, hand on the helmet, if I block the cut first, could have blocked down the pass, and I'm running naked down the field. So it's, you know, it, it's, it's, Every single player who, who's ever played the game has that moment. And, and Mark, correct me if you don't, but I, those two plays mm-hmm. in my career, I think about, man, if I could have just done something a little bit different, I could have made that play. I could have done something. Definitely, just, got, definitely got two to three that I could just flat out, like, if yes. I think about them, I get sick to my stomach. Yes. And that's you – know? so. Usually it, it happens, like, every year when we're about to play them. Um, yeah. if like people talk about it, like the Kansas state game, I just can't, like, I've never gotten, I've haven't gotten over the Kansas state game. I haven't gotten over the Iowa game. Um, I, I really don't get over any loss, but I haven't gotten over the Iowa game, uh, the West Virginia game that we lost, right. The Oklahoma state game, like, come on, like that's four just on that last year. I didn't even Why talk about that? the year before we lost to Baylor and we scored every, we scored six straight touchdowns. And then we lose on the last second kick. You know what I'm saying? Like there's games, there's moments where like, you're like, you know, you wish you could have them back. Like, I don't know a player that people that, you know, has like absolutely no regrets. You know, I'm just going to have them. You, when you win, when you play this sport, you're going to lose. You know, I had to learn how to pick and choose which losses to be mad at. Cause I had too many options to choose from. <laughs> So it was uh, unfortunate. I had that problem, but it's, it's having that mindset still and Marchie and I are four years removed from the game. And we still think about that. Then you got kids who currently have an opportunity playing on prime time and they think it's a joke. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately what's going to happen is those guys are going to blow opportunities and then be bums. And they're going to look back and wish they did something different. Cause that's, it's the mind controls the body and everything that it does. If you allow yourself to be lazy in football, you're going to be lazy in school. You're going to be lazy in life. You're going to be, I mean, it, it's, it is a definite trickle down effect and habits affect your every decision that you make. So it's, it's unfortunate, but honestly it, it, it I mean, no one was really surprised because you see an undisciplined team on the field. You see an undisciplined team off the field. And and I don't know if it's a, a coaching issue. I don't know if they're just bringing the wrong kinds of players. But something that Campbell does to ensure that he is bringing the exact-minded guys that he wants on official visits. He takes. I've never seen anyone take official visits more seriously than Matt Campbell. But I I couldn't believe it. No, I um he had me host a couple guys and he pulled me aside as he did with every other player who was hosting and said, by the end of this weekend, if you don't like these guys, if you don't like anyone or just, you don't think they fit in, then we'll pull their, pull their offer and quit talking to them and talk about level of trust in players. Yeah, no shit. Well, that transcended everything for me. It goes, I, I want to play for this guy more than anybody else. And that was the middle of the purge. Uh, the great purge of 2016, where 50 guys, 60 guys got cut or kicked off in a period of two and a half months. So that was that was incredible to me that, you know, he thought of certain guys like that. And I was glad to be one of them. And it made me want to keep going through that. Uh, the Rudy Wade hell. So it was, um, you know, just these little things here and there. And, and, th- and this is why Coach Campbell has so much success in that entire staff is kids that age hang on to coaches every word, every word. So if or if they respect you or if you have some credibility like Coach Campbell does, you know, Coach Haycock does, Coach Manning, uh, you know, those uh, top three guys. But you hang on to coaches every word of a guy that you respect. So really, and that's why they get paid so much money because you can really, really, with, with just a sentence, you could transcend the kid's attitude towards a practice, a game, and that's 
That's why this is uh, such a scrutinized sport, man, because you need everybody. And I mean everybody. If you got one or two kids in the back playing slap and tickle and playing Tetris after a loss, you know, you're not going to have the success. You're not. And you're a text. I mean, that's saying as I wear this, I, I wear the I state with pride. I, I'm looking at my camera all messed up, but I'm still doing it wrong. You know, I'm, I'm wearing the I state pride. You know, I'm in my zoomings. I got the Jersey in the back for work. Well, it, it happened to look best in the room, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of being an Iowa state cyclone. We're, we live in a generation and a time now where kids don't take pride in their university. They don't take pride in having success. And I wear that 2017 season every day of my life because honestly, it, it it's one of the most proud years I ever had, you know, and it's, I just think that, uh, I just think the priorities are different for kids. And that's why I was against the, the NIL stuff. Take it away from the school. It's all about money, but that's, you know, that's it. Some kids do need it, you know, but it's, uh, I don't know, man. I, I just, I just seeing that video sucked because you have a class of old school, new school. Yeah. You got guys where you got a coach who people who don't think college football coaches should not get paid. Honestly, try it for a week. 99% of the population is not going to survive. Because it's 120 hours of straight football every week, all year long, no days off. So it's, uh, yeah, hats off to that coach. That's the guy. I would play for him. I, I'd play for that coach. I and, can't blame him. Like Sarkeesian, like Steve Sarkeesian's really comments about that, like it reflected, um, like a, a, like backing up his guy basically. He says like, yeah, I mean, what he said, like I'm proud of I'm proud of him taking leadership like that and all and all that. I have to, I'd have to find the actual quotes. But I mean, basically, you know, Sarkeesian was you know was proud of the of that defensive line coach and and the leader in the you know how he was stepping up and being an example for for the guys on that. You know, you know, losing is serious. Um, it, losing sucks and you and it should suck. And it should feel like it sucks, so you don't have to feel that again or whatever. And and. Yeah, no, it was, it's an it was an interesting situation to see because Texas has just had a catastrophic like three weeks because they had they had the <laughs> the monkey thing and they had this now and then before now they they've had they've had a bunch of other random just really random weird off the field stuff or whatever that's been a distraction plus their football team and just it, it continues to be a disappointment like the whole thing's coming unraveled at Texas right now it's really something to see like I mean we we've been watching. You're watching like uh, like we've been watching Texas decline over the last decade, but you know I mean so it's not like it's a new thing that Texas is kind of disappointing, but it was a, it was kind of a gradual de- a gradual decline over a decade, but that's this season has just been they depend on the brand and that's it. We're Texas, we got all the money, we got the stupid network, everyone can go off themselves, you know, and you know but they, bought, yeah. they bought a Ferrari and forgot to put gas in it, like. <laughs> The Ferrari, yeah, but and then you got and then you go up to Ames, Iowa, and, you, and half the team is farmers, and you get your ass totally kicked, and and it just, oh man, it tickled me, and I, I, I uh, my bar tab went up after that game for sure, and during the game, but uh, it just, it, it just because I mean we are in Dallas, heavy Texas fans here. But they, it sucks because they used to have pride, and now they just oh, it's on the basketball, so it's not as fun. But for it, it's still fun for me, fun for March too. I promise you that. I'm happy but to it, rub it in their face. Oh, yeah, I mean, three years in a row. But enough of this, man. Texas Tech. Let's talk Texas. Let's talk Texas Tech. Texas. So, so Texas Tech is is um, they're five and four coming into this game, um, but. That is a deceiving five and four because they are headed in the very wrong direction. Um, I saw them versus TCU, boy. They gave up so many rushing yards. I'm I'm thinking two hundred from Brees. That the defense is is rough. The offense is decent. They're they're middle of the pack, maybe just a sh- just a shade above middle of the pack. Um, we'll talk about their offense a little bit to start with because they the running back Sir Roderick Thompson is is good. He's a good running back. Um. He's a pretty dynamic guy that can do a lot of different things. Um, but he's the kind of guy that if they need, if they need to pick up a third and three, they're comfortable giving it to Roger Thompson. They're, they feel pretty confident that they'll, 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 he'll get it. 
Um, he's their, he's he's a a goal line guy. He's a he's a moving the chains kind of guy for them. Um, now it looks like the, I've been seeing some more stuff recently. It looks like Tyler Shuck is probably going to end up starting at quarterback. He's been injured since the Texas game, um, but it looks like he's probably going to. It'll either be him or um, oh, the guys are next last week. Donovan Smith. It'll be. It looks like it'll be either him or Don, Tyler Shuck or Donovan Donovan Smith. Um, Tyler Shuck before he got hurt was completing seventy percent of his passes, uh, nine point three yards per attempt, six touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, Donovan Smith started against Oklahoma. He was seventeen to twenty two with one hundred ninety two yards, a touchdown, and an and, and an interception. Um, both of them are fine. Perfectly, perfectly serviceable quarterbacks, uh, not world beaters, but certainly not any, certainly not bad quarterbacks or anything like that. Um, essentially, the, the Texas Tech offense really likes to use their run game to power their scoring. That's as far as uh, what how valuable they are to the to Texas Tech scoring points. Uh, the running game is definitely more valuable to them. Um, the passing game is more for them, kind of a supplement. Um, just kind of use it in the middle of the field and a little bit of stuff, but not, they're not using it to push to really uh, stretch the field or, you know, they don't really, they don't really score a lot of points with their passing game. So I guess looking at, looking at it this way, I mean, it kind of, it looks to me like it kind of swings and I would say it's favor on both sides of the ball. Um, but you guys both played at Texas tech. Um, is it known to be like a, a fairly hard place to play? I guess I don't know how you guys think. JD, you start. Not because of the fans. Uh, I, uh, uh, I thought so. Their defense started to improve under Matt Wells, and then it faded off like it did with Kingsbury. Maybe it's just the Texas Tech curse for screwing over Mike Leach, but. Jones AT&T Stadium, I don't consider intimidating. It's weird because they throw tortillas at you, and it's uh, – yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's real stupid, I think. It's a waste of food, so I like to <laughs> – The biggest crime of all. Look, Texas Tech student section is on and off. It's a huge party school. They're all hammered, or they all peak by kickoff, and then by – Middle of the second quarter, they're losing and they're asleep. That's that's kind of how the student section works, unless you sneak out to the parking lot and get a Red Bull. But it's, I mean, it's it's a pretty stadium. The away locker room sucks. They don't have a ceiling in there, and well, they got the wires and stuff hanging from it. They, they don't uh, have they don't have the the panels. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so they got. It, they have everything in the ceiling dangling so you could reach up and touch all the wires. But, um, you know, they've kind of had the same identity for the past, I don't know, since Kingsburg was coached there. Shootouts, they've had three games where they've allowed more than 50 points. One of them was 70 uh, against Texas. Uh, Texas, you know, and um, with that dynamic offense who – uh, oh, I forgot to throw this in there. And this last thing I'll say about Texas is they scored more points on Saturday than the point differ- differential was the last two games, aside from Saturday. Last two games were aside by five points, and they scored seven. I don't know. Eh, just whatever. But uh, Math. They, they don't have an identity at quarterback. They've used three different guys. Yeah, they got a running back. They got three guys who've, who've had significant carries. As a comma is a good is a good receiver. Um, he's, so he's he's a good player. I've, I've seen I've seen him like in like the second and third round in mock drafts. Um, I don't know if he's like that good, but he's he seems like he's pretty good. I'm not going to say I don't have a lot, a lot of respect for Texas Tech because I said that about West Virginia and it was the worst game I've seen the defense play all year. Um, to this day, knock on wood, Texas uh, Campbell has never lost to Texas Tech. Knock on wood again. Um, but I do see – I see a similar game. The last few times we've been there, last few times we've been there, our defense has been pretty solid. They've wanted to start to run the ball, and they couldn't, so they tried to throw, and they, they became a one-dimensional team because their offense was just consistently down the field. Uh, my favorite play ever of all time 
Uh, it was the first time my second trip to Tech, we, we beat them 31 to 13 on their homecoming. Uh, they, they ran like the first 15 plays and got like 20 yards. And uh, I got a TFL on an outside run, and the fans started booing them. Oh, I gave me goosebumps. I had I had a Woody after that because I was like, dude, they are booing their own players on their homecoming. This is awesome. And then, uh, I mean, aside from that that first drive where Kyle threw a pick on a miscommunication, they got the first and goal and scored. They scored uh, seven points the rest of the game. So I think it's going to be a great way for Iowa State to flex his defensive muscles. I think Brees is going to have a field day. And when they they feel like focusing on Brees, play action and read option is going to come into play. Uh, you know, so I, I think it's going to be – I think the game plan for this is very simple. Um, the execution has to be consistent. Cannot have another lapse. All right, we, we cannot be an up-and-down team because we're in the Big 12 championship hunt. We were even before Baylor losing last week because Oklahoma still has to play the next three teams down. And uh, Baylor and Oklahoma play this weekend. I think Oklahoma's going to win that game because uh, Baylor kind of showed uh, some holes in their hole last week versus TCU. Um, no, the whole, you know, hole of a ship like the Titanic. <laughs> I know, but it sounded like they showed holes in their holes. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> this is some crazy philosophical <laughs> shit that I am not following, okay. JD. Showed some leaks in their hole. How about that? <laughs> That's even worse. All right. <laughs> they need, okay. They showed just some. Just stop weaknesses. talking about Baylor's holes. Okay. Right. It's just. All right. All right. They, they, <laughs> they showed some weaknesses. Okay. Uh, right. I thought I thought that was a lock, man. A Gary first game without Gary Pat. Yeah. Baylor's sound football, but um, I'm not worried about this game. Um, because I think it's going to be the same way it's been for the third year in a row in Lubbock. Uh, however, uh, the, the, these guys like to, like to surprise us. I don't like it. Um, uh, but it's, um, I, I do see a two to three touchdown win in Lubbock. I, I, I don't think I'm out of the box for saying that. Marchie, how are you feeling about this weekend? Uh, like I'm confident because Mike's playing. Like I, um, you know, I mean, my defense will do the job. Just want my offense to execute. Um, I'm not really too worried about the game. Um, wish it was an eleven o'clock game so we can just get it over with for like two thirty. It's kind of a tricky time. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, you know, especially for that, I just didn't expect us to play them at 2.30. Maybe it's just me. Um, but I think if we just go out there and handle business, man, like I just – I don't see a reason why Texas Tech outplays us and beats us. They're not better than this. Um, I mean, I have Brees Hall. I have Brock Purdy. I have Mike Rose. I have Will McDonald. I mean, they don't. I mean, so I'm confident if, you know, this should be one of those, this should be one of those blowout games. Um, my only concern is the secondary. So that's it. it but uh, if we can get pressure from the, fr- uh, from our front seven, um, we'll be fine. And it's a great, it's a great way confidence wise not to look ahead, but. I can as a fan now. Um, yeah. Great way confidence-wise to go into next week because obviously we know what's next week, so it doesn't have to be said. But oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, so let's get into it. Offensive and defensive MVP, special teams MVP, and a score prediction. We'll have you go first, March. I mean, let's get the easiest thing out the way. I mean, Andrew Mevis is <laughs> – Come on, man. Man's a semifinalist for the Groza Award. I mean, I mean, unless we get a return. Do we want to just like say it's the it's the it's the Andrew Mevis award until until further notice? Yeah, I mean that the kicker from LSU is pretty good too. Um well and that, Andrew Mevis's brother is also a semifinalist for Missouri. That's didn't know that. That's that's awesome. 
for the Mavis family. Hopefully they yeah. have both of their sons at the award ceremony here in about a month. Um, that'd be pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, Andrew Mavis is a special teams player. I hope he doesn't have to kick any field goals besides PATs. Um, but if he has to, man, like he's shown me enough now where I'm confident. I mean, he kicked a 51 yarder. Like, are you kidding me? Uh huh. But, um, yeah, so that was that was nice to see. So I'm going to go with Andrew Mavis for my special teams player. Um, my defensive player of the game will be um, – I think it will be Will McDonald again. Um, I think he's he's on a tear right now. I think he's had like two or three games with multiple sacks. I mean, he's just – and he and the thing I like about Will is he's in the run game. He doesn't shy away from it. He's in there doing the dirty work. He's getting yard. He's getting tackles for a loss as well. Um, you know, he, he's not he's, – he's becoming a guy that can be out there for, you know, every down. Um, so sure. I'm going to go with Will McDonald. Um, and the way Texas Tech defense is, I, I just got to go with Brees Hall offensively. Think he's think he's gonna have a monster game. He usually kind of has a good game um, against Tech. Um, I I even remember his freshman year. He caught the the one hand uh, pass and took it. And almost took it the distance. Then he caught the swing pass, stiffed on the dude, and took it eighty yards down the field. That's kind of when I was like, whoa, like we got some here. Um, but yeah, I'm just gonna have to go with Brees because I think. You know, they the Texas Tech run defense isn't. I, I saw them against TCU. That's the only game I've pretty much seen, and it just didn't look good. So, and you know, I don't think I don't think anybody's running backs better than Brees Hall in our conference at least. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a big day. JD, uh, all right, uh, going same order. Special teams, easy. Um, well, oh shit! No, we can't because Mavis does everything now. All right, Mavis. Yeah, no, it's just it's just Mavis and then a bunch of other people. Uh, it's Mavis and whoever uh, finds the ball that Mavis kicks. Put so it put it this way: you don't want to be the person that we talk about on special teams besides Andrew Mavis, or maybe or maybe Rory Walling. Uh true, true, true. But yeah, um, special teams unit. Uh, I would still say. Uh, Punt or pretty much punt and kickoff. Uh, those still need to continue to improve. And and I, I don't think the team will have a problem. I, I don't think this is a trap game because we're not in any position to be that. You know, like we love to climb out of the cellar or not the cellar, but climb out of the middle of the pack. That's our that's our nature. That's our style. Maybe one day we'll get out of that. But uh, our backs are against the wall, and so. That's how I expect the special teams to continue to improve. It's going to be kind of that contagious team mindset. So Mavis and then with special performances from the punt and kickoff. Uh, defensively, uh, I tell you, um, uh, this is a team, like I said, is going to want to run the ball early and often. Uh, we don't know who's playing a quarterback, but we know who's the running back. They're going to want to establish it with a guy who's been there the whole time. Um, and so I think Aoma Uwazarike, my boy, um, I'll be completely honest. Uh, he's exceeded every expectation I ever had for him. I, I did not realize that he would be this good. I watched him. I mean, I Tom the defense and played with him and I've uh, been watching that dude and uh, his improvement from the last two years to this year. He's not only he has that length able to extend, but now he's getting off blocks. He's not just holding up a block. He's not holding the gap. He's, he's getting him. off blocks and making plays and being explosive. He's been a strong, big guy, but now he's explosive. And I don't know if that's Dave Andrews, the new strength coach, or, or what it is. But, you know, I'm seeing an any that is fierce and violent and 320 pounds. Yeah. So, you know, good luck. And, so I think I think he's gonna play a ton of nose, and you know, Zach Peterson, the young sung here on the other side. You know, he really is not, is a guy who is a staple who doesn't really screw up much. He's always in his gap. He just does not have the athleticism that those other two guys have. Uh, but I think that front seven, or sorry, there that front six slash seven, 
uh, are going to be what make or make or breaks this game. And then once they become a one-dimensional team, then they can focus on the pass coverage. So I'm going with any at nose and end. Um, um, as far as offense, uh, I've been saying it for weeks now. Uh, the games where Brock Purdy plays his best, Iowa State wins. Won four out of the last five games. Uh, I don't know his stats off the top of my head versus West Virginia, but uh, and and maybe that's more of a defensive deal. But the offense still didn't look in sync. Um, he didn't have to do much last game. He didn't even throw a touchdown. But he didn't throw a pick. He was he played like an Alex Smith, a game manager type role. That's all I needed to do, and that's fine. Uh, I, I'd pick Brace, but that's the obvious choice. I'm sticking with the same guy I've said for the last four games. I'm going with Brock Purdy. He is he is the strongest leader on this team, and then I've been critical of him because he's the strongest leader on this team. And I, I, I just know that he can be how good he can be, and we've all seen it, and I expect him to continue to improve because you got this game. And honestly, that's all that matters right now. I'm not going to talk about the other games. So I'm going with Brock Purdy uh, to play his style of football. I don't care about yards. I don't care about touchdowns and pit, or I care about picks. I don't care about yards, touchdowns, an efficient game where he's throwing above 75%. That's all we need. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking I'm thinking this is going to be a similar theme that's been the last few years in Lubbock. I think we're going to score in the mid-30s, and they're going to be somewhere in the, in the mid-teens. I'd go 35 to 17 Cyclones. Okay. Um, so this game feels like a strength on weakness on both sides of the ball for Iowa State. Um, but special teams MVP, I think it's, it's me of us until further notice. Um, but going to the defensive side of the ball, cause this is where, this is where, um, Texas tech has their best shot is if they can be successful in converting third down, if they can get their running game going, stuff like that. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, I'm looking at a guy like, um, I'm looking at a guy like a. Jake Hummel, I think. Um, this seems like a kind of game where he can wrap up a where he, he can rack up a ton of tackles. because uh, I think I I would I'm assuming I'm guessing that Texas Tech kind of tries to run away from Mike Rose a little bit. I think they'll run to the other side of the field. Jake Hummel's on the other side of the field. Um he's had a really good season so far. Jake Hummel's had an excellent season so far. Um and I I, I looked at it as a guy like him that can really just end their offense's hope of really getting going. Um, you know, whether it's getting a pick or whether it's getting another pick and running it back or it's uh, bottling up that run game on his side of the field. Um, I'm looking at Jake Hummel to be a guy that can really help suffocate that Texas tech offense. Um, on the other side of the ball, this is a Texas tech team that really struggles to stop the run. Um, which is why I'm going to go with Charlie Kohler because Charlie Kohler has, uh, has a, has been in a habit the last few, the last however many times, against Texas of really, really doing a lot of damage to Texas Tech. He's really, they've used Charlie Kohler to straight up abuse Texas Tech the last few years. Um, and this is going to be a, a game where he, I think he can be, he can, he can be a big problem for them because they, they're either, it, it, he can be a big problem for him one of two ways because he's either going to get open, he's going to catch a bunch of passes and get opening and, and uh, rack up some yards and first downs and things like that. Or Texas Tech, knowing that they've been getting burnt by Charlie Kohler the last four years, um, knowing that they're going to dedicate extra attention to him, which opens up holes in the run game for Brees Hall, or it opens up holes underneath for Jalen Knoll, or from, or for Xavier Hutchinson, or Daniel Jackson, or whoever, or Tariq Milton. Um, so I'm looking at Charlie Kohler here for this game. Uh, score prediction. So this is a game that feels like it could like Texas tech will try to stay in it for early, but this, I mean, Iowa state's got the advantage on both sides of the ball. Um, they've got one of the best kickers in the country, which is uh, mind blowing to say. Um, but the special teams is starting to get their shit together. The defense is you know, back to what they always have been, which is really good. Um, and the offense is, is finding rhythm. Brock Purdy has been super efficient. Um, this seems like a game that can start close and it get, it has a it has a potential to kind of get out of hand. I think I I would say I would say it has a chance to really put a hurting on Texas Tech this weekend. 
Um, I'm looking at, and also Matt Campbell is five and zero and has made, has has completely turned Texas Tech into Iowa State's bitch the last five years. Um, and I'm I'm looking uh, at Iowa State at, at Campbell making that six and zero against Texas Tech. Um, I think we're somewhere in the neighborhood of like a 42-17, somewhere in that way. I really don't think Texas Tech has the horses to keep it close for the whole for for more than more than a, qu- a quarter or two. But I think that defense is really going to wear down with Brees. Um, you know, Xavier could break one. I, I that defense is going to get really worn down, uh, especially late in that game. Uh, and, and Iowa State's defense, especially if they can force a turnover. If Iowa State defense, Iowa State's defense forces at least you know a, a turnover or two, this game's going. This game has a chance to get ugly because um, I think that's going to be a really that's going to really suffocate Texas Tech and really eliminate their op- their opportunity to get much going on offense. Um, so yeah, 42, 17, Iowa state. Uh, what do you guys, you guys got anything else? If you want to throw in for this week, are we ready to wrap her up? We're all good. Good to go. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening to this episode of down the pipe and natty light. As always, I'm your host, Levi Stevenson for Marcy Murdoch and JD Wagner. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day. Great rest of your week. We'll see you guys this weekend. Go Cyclones.